Welcome to Humans at Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host Steve Malkin. Today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as digital content producer for at Hit 105 Brisbane. Behind the camera of at Collective Noun underscore photos slash videos. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's addition to the Humans of Twitter list, Michael Parente. Hey. Hey, dude. How's What's happening? Um, recording a podcast. Well, yes. always fun. Welcome. Accurate. Yeah. Hey, what are you up to? I'm talking on a podcast. Jeez. Crazy world. We should get no, Thank together. you for having me, though. It's very lovely of you. Well, it's, it, this has been... Um, this is part of my current quest, which mm-hmm. is to collect all three members of Collective Noun, and the, you are number two. So I'm two towers. Yes. Right. We've done Fellowship of the Ring. That was Dom a couple of weeks ago. And that fits fairly squarely into Dom, I think, yeah, pretty easily. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know what you'd say, how you'd describe the two towers, maybe like the... It's um, the, the second act, I guess, so I'm the dramatic one. That's not really accurate. It's though. progressive. Yeah, there I'd, is I'd accept that. important business that happens in the two towers. Less accurate, but I'll pretend to take it. Oh, no, but there then... is important business. <laughs> if you don't have... Because um, that's where we see... Is, do we see Genoff returning the two towers, or is it the return of the king? We, uh, no, he's back in the no, two he's towers. Back at the end of two towers. Yeah, yeah. Important business happens. Yeah, no, that's true. It's actually a great sequence when he comes back and he rides down the mountain with the Rohirrim. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah, in the third one. Oh no, at the end of the, the second end of the one. Second one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Battle of Helm's Deep. And, and look, I think that the Lord of the Rings trilogy films yeah. are now forgotten for some of the mastery that they are. Not complete. You know, let's not be completely wanky, but. When you compare it then to The Hobbit, which I loved the first film, mm-hmm. and then the second and third films could have been one film. All, all could have been one film. I think at least the what, second from film the Hobbit, Hobbit through to the end of Return of the no, as in as in the three Hobbit films. Oh yeah, look very likely. I, I think I actually like the second one the best, just because it was the most interesting. Like they had mm-hmm. this, this the weird spider drug sequence. Yes, they had the. Gandalf gets attacked with drug sequence. You know when it's like all this, the Eye of Sauron yeah, like yeah, flashing yeah. through and you're like, okay, psychedelics. Um, it had the weird GoPro barrel chase. Yes. Like it was weird, but at least it was different. Whereas yeah. I found the first and the third was just a bit of a shrug. But you are right in that the Lord of the Rings trilogy is very good. And also some of the best behind the scenes of all time. I don't know if you've seen them or if anyone listening has. Um, the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, if you buy like the fancy yeah, DVD no, I've special seen it features. For, um, Fellowship, but I haven't seen the other two yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Or there's like hours and hours of all sorts of things behind the scenes and a lot of really good stuff there. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting because on Back to the Hobbit, I remember mm. reading an article um, uh, around, like, was an interview with uh, Michael, uh, not Michael Jackson, Peter Jackson, talking about how, like, the. Things kind of fell apart. The wheels fell off. On The Hobbit? Yeah. Yeah, and he's in... saying how um, he had no pre-production time mm. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah and, and like Del Toro was involved and then yeah. stopped being involved. And uh, someone else was supposed to direct and they dropped out at the last minute and they couldn't restructure shooting. Yeah. So he had to step in, no storyboards. Yeah. They're making stuff up on the fly. Like, holy crap. Yeah. For a guy who, who visually nailed The Lord of the Rings. 100%. To then go, oh, here's the Hobbit. Yeah, that's um, I I can't imagine like imagine being in that position, and you know that the whole world is looking at you to yeah. to redo the success that you had the first time. Imagine but, if he'd mm. done it the other way. Imagine if he'd done the Hobbit and this it fell off like this. Yeah, there's no way we would have seen the Lord of the Rings. I yeah, hundred percent. 
There's a great... Um, I don't know which Simpsons episode it is, but they in the episode, yes. they flash back in time to mid-90s, maybe, and mm. there's in the background of a scene, or in, in the scene, there's comic book nerd. Yes. And you hear him at the end of a conversation with someone, and he says, and that's why The Lord of the Rings can never be adapted into a successful feature film. <laughs> God bless The Simpsons, honestly, <laughs> because they've, they've had such amazing... Both forethought in, like, let's put crazy things out into the universe mm. and, oh, hello, President Trump. Yeah. Um, but let's, acknowledging that in the Simpsons universe, nobody gets older. Yeah. yeah. We've, we, I think we've maybe seen a birthday party for Patty or Selma, but no one else. So the kids are still, Lisa's still in grade two. Yeah. Um, I just have really long days. Oh, man. <laughs> Could you imagine living in Springfield, like the Simpsons universe Springfield? <laughs> Sleeping would be a nightmare. Yeah. Um, but they've jumped forward in time with their flash forwards, like yeah. Lisa getting married and all those sorts of things. President Simpson. Yeah, yeah President Simpson. They've yeah. flashed back like that yep. um, to the birth of the kids, Homer and Marge dating. They've even then gone further back in some of the Halloween stuff where they're just taking the characters yeah, and placing them into yeah, different... Yeah. So, like, I think they even did, as a part of one of the Halloween specials, like a Lord of the Rings parody or something like that i think they might there's so much simpsons i'm sure they've done a parody of close to everything well just this week at time of recording was the 30th anniversary oh there you go of the simpsons this is actually a secret tie-in you're getting some sweet brand deal money from this the sweetest sponsorship like you wouldn't (laughs) believe Uh, back to the actual point of the podcast michael in social settings how do you introduce yourself um so i'm going to assume that you don't mean my name and you mean when people ask who are you or what do you do sure because that's probably the more interesting question. Although, my name, I have this weird thing where in probably middle school onwards, I started getting referred to as Parente. Because sure. there were lots of Michaels around at school, etc. Very few um, Parentes. And that's stuck, uh, stuck through work and various jobs yep. and everything. So there's like 50% of people in my life that if you say Michael, they won't know who you're talking about. Sure. And then there's 50% of my life, people in my life who just call me Michael because that's my name. Yes, like and your so, parents, I would imagine. Um, are... Well, my parents just make up whatever nickname comes to mind. And because I'm very similar to my brother, whose name is Marcus, oh, often wow. they just call me Marcus. Hey, you, get yeah. off the couch. <laughs> I like to think it's, hey, you, you're a good son and <laughs> you're fulfilling us as parents, but... And uh, get off the couch. And get off the couch, sure, yeah. <laughs> but in social circles... Um, what do you do? Oh, you know, I, w- I work for a radio station. I like to say, I don't want to, s- like, it feels weird to jump straight into, you might have heard of the place I work for, because I feel that's like a little bit assumptive. Sure. But also, like, if you're from Brisbane, mm. you probably have. So I just say a radio station, if they're interested, they'll ask more. Yeah. And if not, I'll just be like, yeah, I do photos and videos. But let's be fair, right? Even if you do live in Brisbane in 2017, it's not B105. It's not B105, no. Although people are getting better. It's taken a little bit, which you can, like, is understandable. Like, I'm only... How old am I? 22. And when we changed name... Baby. (laughs) When we changed name, like, that was 20 years of my life that Mm. I had changed. And it took me six months before I started saying the right name Mm. as well. So it's hit 105 now, just to clarify for anyone. As your uh, um, Twitter bio tells us. Yes, it does. Yeah. So is this your first job working for Hit 105? No, I've had a couple around. Um, I did tech at a school for a while, just mm-hmm. especially um, when I was on uni holidays and the school was back and they needed like just like an extra pair of hands just yeah. to do bits and pieces. Um, I worked at a different radio station. I like did <gasps> freelancey sort of jobs. Yes. Uh, but this is the first full-time job I've had, mm. which is, I guess, a key distinction. Yeah. And as a part... like. It, 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 please correct me if mm-hmm. I understand it. You work for the station doing content stuff, mm-hmm. but then you're also a part of Collective Noun, which means that you also work nights, like late nights. Yeah, 100%. So the show's on 11 till 1, 
as you probably would have talked about with Dom, late nights. So I work on that show in the evenings, late till um, through to late at night, and then mm. my other time throughout the week is doing stuff for the actual sh- station itself, like promotions and brekkie tactics and whatever video stuff they I'm need. I'm very, like, I don't want to... I mean, you, you're young. Sleep <laughs> is for the week. But working... Well, you're working more than 11 to 1, but a show that finishes at 1 a.m., mm. brekkie tactics is like, I'm not even going home. I'm yeah. going to edit until they come in and then we have the breakfast meeting and then I'm going home. Yeah, sure. there is a bit of that sometimes. They, they're pretty good about it. They don't. They very rarely will actually ask me to film something at those times. Often yeah. it's just things for breakfast that are at other times because they understand it's kind of ridiculous. But I also structure my day in a way that makes that possible. Yeah. Like I'll get up at 12 or 1, work for a bit, go off, have dinner, come back at yeah. maybe 8 and start the show, finish at 1 and then do what I need to do sort of thing. So I, I sort of finagle it so it all works out. Well, the nature of your job too is something that is um, the content stuff. Mm. What's, what's Michael doing? What's Parente doing? I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. He's doing something. Black box. Yeah, as video long as you're staring out. at a screen or the door is shut, Parente's at work. And oftentimes I do feel a bit self conscious because the stuff I'm editing, like if they don't know what I'm doing, it looks like I could just be mus- messing around. Yes. Like, I mean, After Effects or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll just see like a weird picture on screen because I'm working on it for two hours trying to get it to do what I want to do. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, ah, let's assume he's doing working because I have like a second screen as like yep. a reference monitor. And so it's like a big screen that anyone can see as soon as they walks into my work area. Yeah. Um, but still so hiding it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so far they've all just accepted that my job is a real job, hopefully. So are you formally part of the Collective Noun show in that... I, I, I guess the way I see it and my limited understanding mm. of radios is that your content job is an actual real job. But then if, for example, Collective Now got the opportunity, hey guys, we love your work, Zach and Don, we want to move you guys to Sydney and do something there, does that mean that Michael goes as well or does Michael stay in Brisbane? Uh, Most people we've talked to understand that one of the unique things about Collective Now is how we work as a team and that, at least I think so, you'd lose value if any one of us wasn't in, that, in the same place in the same team in the same place yeah and so theoretically in that hypothetical scenario we would move as a team and continue to work in the same team way that we are now because yep. my role is like i don't just answer phones on the show like i try and sure in general ancillary support and then obviously with off-air content videos and stuff i yeah. take much more of a of a lead there and so i think i think operating using a unit is what we aim to continue to do yes as long as possible well it's, it's interesting isn't it because when we look at those that have gone before, like the current on-air teams, mm. it's, and I don't want this to sound weird, but we look, Hamish and Andy, mm-hmm. um, uh, Husey and Kate, mm-hmm. you know, Kyle and Jackie O, they may have their entourages of people, but broadly speaking, when Kyle and Jackie O got their job at KISS, Kyle and Jackie O went. Yeah. And some people from their team got jobs, but not everybody. Um, if Husey and Kate were to move into a different slot or a different thing, Producers might follow or a producer might follow. So it's a really unique thing that you guys have going in that, yeah, it's not just I'm the guy that pushes some buttons. I'm also the guy that, in the broader context of what we do, helps make Collective Now Mm. be a thing. I guess my thoughts there is that theoretically, like an off, the way we exist as a package is we have the radio show and then because we have the social media stuff like the yeah. videos and everything there's already like oh there's stuff outside of the radio show that's crucial to them yes so I guess it makes sense as a person not on air as also I sound like I'm big up myself because I no, keep no, talking no, about no, how no. I'm like, crucial to Collective Noun but that's sort of the mentality that I think it's like 
we understand that the value isn't just on what comes out of the speakers. Yes. There's like a whole other thing there that we need all three of them to have to create. I definitely think of me as the poor man's Craig Bruce. <laughs> you know, like this is the conversation that would never happen otherwise. Um, no, 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 that's, that's very helpful because it, it is a new thing and, and the mm. idea that radio as a medium is still very obviously audio heavy. That's the way it functions. Mm. But it's so much more important around the additional content or the stuff from within the show. Like I, I was just watching last night... Um, uh, Zach, basically Zach checking in with Dom's latest Google searches. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. stuff pre-Easter. Um, so you know. we release that um, every, uh, on the show twice a week, mm-hmm. on Facebook once a week or two, and it's called Dom's Google History. And Amazing, right? Yeah, Dom Googles some interesting things. It's, a, it's an excellent segment, and I appreciate a little bit of the navel-gazing that it is, because to be frank, Dom could totally set some of that up. Mm. However, it's very clear by Dom's responses He's not setting a lot of that up. Yeah, people, they often ask, uh, is this set up? Yeah, this feels fake, blah, blah, blah. But no, legitimately, Dom, he'll come in every week without a word of lie. He'll come in every week and say, I'm really sorry, guys. I didn't Google anything weird this week. <laughs> and then he'll pass Zach his phone and Zach will go through his, his yeah. history and he'll be like, don't worry, we're set for a couple of months, guys. We're all good here. <laughs> so that, that's good because that's a gift that keeps on giving. Oh, yeah. But the, the fact that that is a video, yeah. like portion of a radio, show yeah 100%, that's yeah. an important part of collective now the radio show yeah um that's i mean that's very clearly where you step in if we talk to um like a regional team that are maybe doing breakfast they've got to set up the cameras like just record the show yeah but it, it's all on their back yeah, to make yeah. that happen and i guess in part that becomes the benefit of this is a networked program mm-hmm. we, you know it's taken around the country and there's look, let's pretend there's resources put into it, but in the fact that there's the three of you attached to the show yep, yep. to make it be a thing allows for the importance and acknowledging that it's now no longer just about the two hours of radio that we talk about in between songs. Yeah. It has to be this other content that gets into other mediums and other channels, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and we do get a lot of support from that. That's definitely not as if we're pushing that and other people are pushing back. Like Everyone is on the same page, like, yes, social media is good, do it. If anything, we have even higher standards for what we want on social media. So, mm. like, we post fairly... Um, There's, like, a high filter on what we put on social media. But, yeah, the good thing is everyone seems to be on the same page with that, and so it makes it a bit easier than having to constantly push against anything, being like, oh, we want to spend time on videos, and other people saying no. But it's not like that at all. But then in the spare time, that's right, you guys have a weekly, you know, bit of YouTube content that you put out that isn't about the radio show. This is Collective Now, the creative comedic troupe. Yeah, so we put one out a couple days ago called uh, Things Never Heard by Uni Students. So good. It so, was so good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and, and that's an example of that where it's like you don't need to know who Zach and Dom are on the radio. Mm. It's, I guess they're, if you want to reduce it to this, they're just actors, but it's like a piece of content that has sort of our identity in the way it's produced and the, yes. sort of the style of the jokes and the style of humour and the style of that we've shot it in, etc. But it's not like, oh, I'm, I am invested in this because it's of the radio show. Like, they're sort of separate like that. Yeah. And I guess the idea is that the two things will, you know, they'll each draw fans to each other and hopefully build the entire thing, but, you know, remains to be seen. There's so much to unpack about this. And, and on top of <laughs> and I don't want to make it, you know, the, the collective noun story, but I am absolutely intrigued about your role in this because mm. um, the little bit that I understand is it's not just a person... You know, if you look at some of the, the great creative teams that have gone before, even John Clark and Brian Dorr, for example, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian said quite willingly, John would come with two scripts 
and we would work out on the day which one was the best, film probably both of them, but say that one's the one. Oh, uh, okay. John's written it, I perform it with him, and we go. And I might throw in a little bit of colour, but that's yeah. the size of it. Mm-hmm. Um, for you guys, it's much more collaborative. You know, it's not person A writes, person B films, and person C posts it. It's we're mm. all in this together making it happen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, everyone has their strengths. So, like, it would be crazy to say that my strength is being an on-air announcer because that's not what I've done. So, obviously, yes. I, like, a lot more of my focus would be the video stuff, etc. Um, but it's definitely... There's, there's not really many roles that uh apart from maybe editing actually not even editing zach edits um, as well so there's not even there's not many roles that are exclusive to anyone yes. apart from being on air um but there's also obviously everyone has their strength and it's it's futile to like say okay michael you write this week's script because i know zach's a lot funnier than i am mm. and so it's there's, there's like a mix of like we can all help each other out but you might as well get the people who are best at certain things to do those tasks that's also reflective of, of uh, like the new collaborative element around the way radio works, though, isn't it? It used to be, and we still see some of that dinosaur approach. This person is the star, mm. the anchor. There may be someone else, or in, you know, even if you go back to the station that you're at, it's sort of history. There is the anchor in Skip, mm-hmm. there is the funny man in Jamie Dunn, and there is the token lady that changed a little bit in its context but that was for the longest time that was how fm radio worked yeah 100 percent. yeah and now for everyone to be in the collaboration to make the thing to do the thing is far more um important isn't it there, no one there's no room for passengers well i think what it could be just a theory mm. is that these days there's a lot more platforms for experimentation even just the existence of content on the internet means you yeah. have this thing where you can try ideas Whereas before, if I'm a radio programmer and I need to make a radio show, do I try something new or do I use a formula that's probably going to work? Funny yeah. man, woman, anchor, which is... I don't, I'm sure you have some stats on what percentage of radio shows of all time have been that exact combination. It's probably like 90. Oh, but it would be heaps. It makes more sense. Like You only have five different shows, let's say, you need it under your, under your purview. You've got to probably make a safe bet as opposed to trying something new, whereas yes. these days with the internet as a platform things have been tried and can be tried and maybe that's led into shows mm. or whatever, but in this case, radio shows that are different. Mm. No, no, that's totally fair. Given that you are the, the grand old age of 22, <laughs> are you doing what Michael of Grade 11 thought he would be doing? Oh, good question. Michael of Grade 11. Um, yeah, not too far off. I don't think I knew that I would still be in radio because I'd done some work experience in radio for school cool yeah. just as like a brief little thing yeah. and I had enjoyed it but I was kind of like cool I wanted to work in film and TV please um, and I was studying film and TV and I had by this point I had I bought my first ever good camera Easter when I was in grade 11 nice so funny you asked that question and I still have it a Canon 60D I use it not every day, but still fairly often. Yeah. Um, it still holds up. People talk about you need 4K, you need this, you need that. But first of all, we're in Australia. No one's watching anything in 4K. No. <laughs> we don't well, have so the few people, right? We need the internet to support it for a start. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, also, like, so many people aren't even doing good high def. Mm. There's so much low quality high def around. It's like, well, f- get some good 1080p <laughs> first and then let's do 4K. So 60 does a good job. I use it for a web series um, with my friend Ellie Orson. Mm. I don't know if you know her. She does some cool YouTube stuff. We went to LA and filmed some interviews with various people and we took the 60D. And like that was like the B camera on the shoot. Like it, was, it wasn't like a little camera in the corner. It was like the main camera. And it looks, it looks good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I bought that camera in grade 11. So we're studying film and TV. And yeah, I think I had some sort of vague idea that, oh yeah, I'll do something with videos. And then I started studying, this is funny, sort of. I, um, 
I went to uni and I guess I was like, no, I need to knuckle down, get a real job. And yes. so I got it. I started doing a degree in engineering and IT. Sure. You know, pretty, pretty real it's a job. very 2015-ish yeah. kind of degree thing. Yeah. Um, and then I was at UQ. Yep. Which I think is a fairly fine university to go for, for engineering. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I did a year of that. Didn't go super great. And so I thought, look, my second year... I'll um, try just doing IT because that's more of a specialty because I was definitely like a super yeah. nerdy, nerdy kid. Still am, but also was. So I dropped engineering, um, did a year of IT. Yes. Also wasn't loving that. Also, <laughs> it is interesting. I started feeling really out of place. I used to be um, like the nerdy kid everywhere I was. Which when is... you're in a collection of nerds though. But that's the thing, yeah. yeah. And I started more and more to feel like I'm the least nerdy one here. And often, not everyone, definitely not. I made lots of good friends there, but there were a mm. lot of like the less, I don't know, what's a diplomatic way of saying like, we have this uprising of nerd <laughs> subculture yeah. that's kind of not nice people, mm. like Gamergate-esque yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's right. It's not yeah. really something I'm qualified to talk about, but there was a lot of that and I just was uncomfortable for a lot of reasons. Yes. Um, also, I wasn't really enjoying it. And so I dropped down and started studying film and music. Sure. At UQ. Not, don't study film at UQ. It's I a bad that. idea. <laughs> um, but no, I'm still studying that now, technically, doing mm. like one subject a semester I love as that. I work. Technically. Yeah, technically. I'm doing one subject a semester. So when TransLink, for everyone listening in Queensland, mm. for when TransLink changed their um, student concession rules to make sure you were doing full time uni, yes. I was like, ah, oh, you got me. <laughs> I guess I'll pay full price now. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, so by that logic, I guess, yes, sort of. I, was, I am doing what I thought I might be but not necessarily in the exact same way. Not in the way that it maybe looked to you at year 11. Yeah, 100%, yeah. I guess I was I, in year 11, Facebook video wasn't really a thing. No, so I was like, but Facebook was a thing. Facebook was a thing. And you could put videos on Facebook. And YouTube was a thing. YouTube was definitely a thing. That was much more, and I think AdSense was right off, like everyone was making millions of dollars back then on, on YouTube. And not so much? Not so much now, no. I'm, we don't really rely on YouTube AdSense for any income at all. Um, we'll and there's see. no way to monetize Facebook, is there? No, but rumors are that it's coming soon. Have Gosh. you been seeing ads in your videos on Facebook? Not yet. Because the buzz feeds of this world, some of the big channels are getting it. There'll be ads on their Facebook videos. And what's interesting is they're halfway through the video. Wow. So yeah. it just cuts mid-roll. Yeah, so it's not before the video because then you'd Ooh. scroll on. I guess it hooks you in, you start watching it, and wow. then halfway through there's an ad. And you know what that's going to do? Mm. All right, this is me putting my pretend magic hat on. <laughs> if, if, if it's the known spot, like not just here's my three-minute video and it happens at a minute 30, you know, but like it yeah. happens at... We, we've deemed that 45 seconds is the magical Facebook number. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you will start to get video, and you guys will do it, no question, mm. video being made that has a 45-second segment with it that's almost a tease or a build yeah. to allow the ad to play that then plays out for the rest of whatever the thing yeah. is. And, and they'd be yeah. crazy to not do that, to say that, you know, Facebook ads insert at point X. Or if you could choose right inside. Or allow you to, yeah, to, to fit it. Like some podcast um, hosts that, that offer advertising say, spot your ad points. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. And you go right here, here and here, so that if it's going to roll, it'll drop at that point. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, you might have people, if it's, let's say, 45 seconds. They'll come in at, at 30 seconds. They'll start then saying, please stay till after the ad. There's more oh, good stuff coming. Don't. <laughs> Click yeah. like and subscribe. It just becomes the whole end bit of, of the Facebook video. Yeah. Like, point a click up here for subscribe. Yeah, like yeah. things. And we please do it. Shut up. 
It'll be interesting though, but that is a good point. We focus mainly on Facebook, which was almost out of necessity because for a long time, for probably the first 18 months, we we're trying to build YouTube, trying to build YouTube. Yeah. And it was happening, but just so slowly. Like I think we're on like 10,000 subscribers at the moment, mm-hmm. which is, if that was all we were doing, untenable. Like that's nothing. Yeah. Um, and then we just thought it was a lot easier to work on Facebook. And people kept stealing our videos and putting them on Facebook. Yeah, it's what super are you hard. About that it's well, obviously, I don't like it. <laughs> like, because there's honestly, and I, I get on my high horse about this all the time. There's mm. the lad bibles and the uni lads and the whoever's and the peoples and the things. Well, what I'll say about the lad bible is they've both in the past contacted us. Well, that's good. Um, and they haven't done it until we've said yes. Good. And one of them, I can't remember which one, offered to pay us and then never did. Nice. <laughs> but at least they asked permission. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, so if they ask permission. And we'll say yes, and I'm happy to them to post it. And then ideally, they'll tag us and link back. Yep. And we'll get a little bit of... We'll, we'll see a little bit of um, click-through from there. Usually not much. Like, yeah. with, like if a video gets... Normally, it's the, the posting... Like, the hosting people. So if it comes on X person's page or yeah. their thing, they'll get the like. Not yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But let's say it gets a million views. We, we might see, like, 50 to 100 likes on our page sure. from that on a, on a good day. Um, so it's better than nothing. Also... If our video sort of run its course on our page, so we posted it two or three days ago, it's sort of plateaued a bit. It's not really getting any more views. Sure, you Knock take it. Out. We're, yeah. we're done with it, more or less, yeah. Because the thing that, that irks me more than anything is that you see a video from you guys or someone else mm. and you do the subtle... Uh, and Troy Kinney has mm. the same issue for sure. You put the, the nice logo in the like bottom left, bottom right yeah. corner, almost as a watermark. So it's subtle. It's not, but you know, it's there. Yeah. And then they take the video and they just black bar the top and the bottom and, oh, what happens when he yeah, gets yeah. attacked? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, God, really? Yeah. Like, I've seen that video seven times. It, it popped up for me. The thing that really pointed it out was um, the uh, BBC interview. Was, was it with the, the foreign guy? And I think oh, American with the Japanese Skype. wife, the kids came yeah, in. Yep, yep. The BBC posted that, mm. and then every freaking man and his dog would grab it and like bard and po- you know, check out our funny 100%, video. Yeah, yeah. It, it just means that now it's, and this is not the key thing, but for content creators, content people, a you lose your content, and b you've got no way then of actually tracking or being able to report. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. This video got us this kind of you know, level of engagement or this many views or those sorts of things. It and just gets out of control. Luckily, we have nice friends and they'll be like, oh, here's someone posted your video, have a look. And even often they're just doing it. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like they don't understand the yeah. annoyance, but it's still helpful to know and we can see, okay, got some comments here and we can have a look. Because um, the autoplay in Facebook kills it now. Like yeah. in that, it can't be, hey, I've seen a collective NAD video and I'm going to post um, the YouTube link of that. Because mm. guess what that doesn't do? Autoplay. 100%. You know, it, it's you've either got to share collective nouns original thing their thing or steal it and repost it as your own yeah bloody facebook (laughs) well and and that sort of almost makes sense because facebook has no reason to stop that because the more page views they get oh yeah whatever you call an app app view net result is we had this many interactions or page impressions but maybe if they start going in the direction of monetize videos and stuff there might be incentive to clean that up a bit so they can get creators to be happier to create more content. They have to, surely. If they're going to start to say, yeah, yeah, we want to, we're partnering with content mm. creators to allow them to make coin on the Facebook platform, then absolutely it becomes a case of, hang on, you guys, that's our video. Yeah. You can't take that and earn sweet coin on that because that's ours. Yeah, 100%. Or Facebook, hey, like, if they've done it, guess what? They don't get the coin it's got to come yeah to, like however all of that plays out so becomes... we can cross our fingers and hope that some tools will be developed but at the moment you can contact them and say look this 
You have a contact at Facebook? Pardon? Are you the only person in Australia that has a contact at Facebook? No, no, I'm saying you can do it for videos, but it's mm. um, unwieldy. It takes a while. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. We did it once. There's, um, we did some videos around State of Origin last year. Yeah. And um, what were they called? Oh, it was like grabs from... So we're from... Queen, well, I'm from New South Wales, so it was tough for me, but it was grabs from the New South Wales team. Yes. And we'd sort of... Zach and, and Don would ask some questions out of context. Why are you such Actually, a loser? This was maybe two years ago. This was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. They'd ask some questions out of context and they'd answer them and it would be funny because they would sort of make it sound like they were oh, saying... Oh, for mine, it's the classic take on the Weird Al MTV interviews. Did you ever see them? No, I didn't. I do know Weird Al, but I never saw Dude, those. Dude, fall down this rabbit hole. So he <laughs> specialised in taking interviews that famous musicians like Eminem, like yep. Mariah Carey, all did for MTV. He took their tape and then Asked set his, it up yeah. and cut himself in asking questions. Obtuse, weird stuff. <laughs> and then recut their responses. Not words, but... Would like if they said a, a eight letter, eight eight word sentence that you might just get the first two or the mid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough to like, make the joke. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but to make sense in the dot. But yeah, he would just rewrite and turn yeah. these things into spectacular. Well, there we go. Oh, his one with Eminem is legendary. Okay, because there's just lots of Eminem going. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. It's great, but yeah, yeah. The stuff that you guys did for State of Origin, that kind of vibe, very, very funny. Yeah. So, well, thank you. That, that they were, um, they went pretty all right. But there's so many NRL memes pages, oh. which just, yeah. just, just ripped it. And like, we had this one, one of the pages. I can't remember which one. Like, funny NRL memes or whatever, something like that. And they were messaging us saying, "Hey, can you let us know when you're about to upload it so we can download it before anyone else does." As if, like, they were helping us. Wow. And they were like, oh, can you help us beat our competitor meme pages? Like, first of all, calm down. It's a meme page on Facebook. Like, wow. it's not NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're not making any money out of it. Yeah, 100%. The only um, thing I can think of is that they're using it as influence. Like, oh, you know, hey, NRL or hey, club, I am the admin of this page and it's got 50,000 likes. Um, how about you show me some love so I can well, something something? Well, quite possibly, but when we clicked through, his page had all these ads everywhere for a website to get fake IDs from. Oh, like, blatantly. Like, hey, Australians, get a fake ID oh. from, you know, AustralianFakeID.net or whatever oh, it was. Gosh. Like, we're not even talking like, um, oh, uh, prop ID. I know it was like 100% like, hey, want to get led into, led into clubs? Fake yeah. ID. Like, it was blatant all over his page, so I assume he had monetized it. That way. that way, and he needed as much stuff as he can get. And then eventually, um, we reported one of his the videos that he'd stolen from us, and he was not happy, or she, I don't know, the person, person. messaged us just being like, how dare you, you know, we're just trying to help you out by stealing our content, yeah, and all what? that sort of stuff. So I think, what well, my point is, I don't necessarily think it's malice. Yes. I think it's just like lack of understanding of, yeah. no, we've put days into this, and we want people to see it in a way that reflects that and helps us do it again. Yeah. And you taking it doesn't do any of those things. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So much wow. Yeah. But again, I, I don't think they would... They, well, they definitely weren't trying to be mean or hurt us or steal from us. It was just a lack of understanding of what that means. So it's just like... I mean, by the same way, if I... I know what a good example would be. If I tried to do a job that I'm not trained in, I'd obviously do it totally wrong. It's, I think, the same mm. thing. They're just not in that world and they don't understand, as opposed to being malicious. So what do you look to for inspiration when you're trying to be creative? What are the things that right now you go, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this or I like the way they, that? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I like when people do things a bit differently, which mm. is probably the most generic answer of all time. Sure. 
Um, but for example, Casey Neistat, uh, super famous yep. YouTuber, probably one of the most famous YouTubers at the moment. I can't. I definitely haven't seen close to all of his videos. I've seen one percent of his videos because he, for a while, he released the video every day. Yeah. Um, but what I liked about his, so he released, he called them, well, they were, they were vlogs, but they were definitely much higher than a they vlog. They weren't raw. They were edited. Yeah, exactly. Production yeah, yeah. and stuff. And what I liked about those though is it wasn't super fast YouTube style jump cut, jump cut, overgraded footage, jump cut. It was, he'll sit down, he'll sort of do interesting things where he'll like sort of focus the shot as he's talking to it and he'll sort of zoom in and out and he'll pick up the camera and he'll just do it interestingly in a yeah, way. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's just interesting. Which is o- such o- a, almost fourth wall breaking, right? Because yeah, we're used to in a, yeah. a filming context, the camera's here staring at me and I might do stuff. Yeah. And if I get up to move, well then there's a person behind the camera that picks the camera up and follows me and does that stuff. But when yeah. you see... Casey lean forward and pick the camera up off the table or off the tripod mm. and walk around then holding it so that you can see he's moving around. But yeah, no, you're right. It's just, it's different stuff. But he'll do it in a way where it's still beautiful and watchable. It's not shaky. He'll hold it nicely and he'll still grade it, but a little bit. It's not like oversaturated blue and orange and everything. It yeah. looks nice. And that sort of is just an example of it's different. But it's cool. And now, obviously, as all the copycats in the world. Yeah. And so I kind of claim to do that sort of stuff all the time. Like, most of the collect down videos are very much, okay, let's have the camera on a tripod, nice step the field, get a microphone there, out of shot, that sort of stuff. Because yeah. we're going for, like, a sketch or something where it's like we create that fake world. So it doesn't really quite work as well. But the idea of what's a slightly different way we can do this is interesting. So we... Um, we uh, a week ago, Zach and I pranked Dom just before the show started where I, we got we have a, like a smoke machine that we've used for videos sure and we put it under the desk in the radio studio great and then Zach was like oh Dom I just need to pre-record something quickly just hop in the studio to start recording mm. um, so they were talking about just a made up thing Zach wanted to talk about yeah. and I was recording because we have cameras in the studio so I was recording on those and we're recording audio obviously yeah and um, we filmed all that but then we sort of filmed this the setup for it so we, so we made a video we filmed the setup for it and instead of filming it like hey here's the fog machine we're going to put it on the table it was like oh what's interesting is what if we use like the footage from the security cameras of us walking through with the fog machine nice yeah yeah and I had like um, I shot it like on a super wide angle so everything looks kind of interesting when you're doing like sort of close with the fog machine and I was like it's 1% different yeah. but hopefully that makes it 1% more interesting yeah you know what I mean no absolutely because it's it's almost I mean, we're jumping quickly back to the Lord of the Rings things, right? Mm. It's, it, you've got to have, even if you've only got two minutes, what's your three acts? Yeah. How yeah. do we bring this in? Because then we want to have our payoff, we want to have the build, and then we've got to set the scene. Mm. And for some, the scene setting, the, you know, the act one establishing the characters can be five seconds. 100%, yeah. You know, but if we're playing a prank on someone, there's, a, there's an investment in this. And if there it's is just there, yeah. the same, oh, here, hi guys, here's a smoke <laughs> machine. We've all seen it before. Yeah, if yeah. If you're the first guy that did it, aces. <laughs> But we know you're not. Yeah, 100%, yeah. And that, that's, that sort of brings to another interesting point, which is um, banners on Facebook, right? Mm. Facebook videos, they'll have text on top and the bottom. We talked yes. about a little bit just before. And that's definitely something we resisted for a long time because it feels really... Uh, I don't want to say cheap, but it feels like you, when you see those, you think, oh, stolen video, meme mm. low-quality content. And so we didn't do it for a while. And then we out of interest experimented with putting that on some videos and they just were like a lot more successful wow and it's interesting but it sort I of makes sense I hate it when that happens well yeah but it like, makes but sense when you do that thing you go <laughs> it's just going to make it look cheap oh it's more popular yeah Damn 100% it. yeah but but the yeah I think it makes sense because you have 
um, like a headline mm. to grab you in that's there. It's hard. Like it's impossible that's to miss. It's there the whole time. Exactly. So if it's a little caption, which we used to put all our energy into thinking what the caption's going to be. Yeah. It's small yeah, text. Look at how smart we are. <laughs> well, to, at least just to make it attention grabbing. Yeah. Small text, easy to miss. Whereas big headline of man gets pranked or whatever. Not quite that mm. clickbaity, but a little bit in that direction. Up there, but also means you can cut out the first third of the video because you've explained it already in the text. Epic fail. Yeah. Well, if let's um like. Dom's Google history yep. the text says um, every week we read out Dom's Google history super yep. straightforward it means that in the video we don't have that you going. just drop straight in exactly it's, okay first Google search we have like a little bit of a quick intro sequence but it's not like a minute of explaining okay so we have a radio show <laughs> and on the radio show we do segments you know <laughs> like it, it does cut that down so why was that initial feeling of oh, this is annoying we're going to be putting these things that we don't necessarily like doing Yeah. it's like oh but it does enable us to be faster to be more direct which is you know the shorter the video the more views it's going to get hopefully and it allows you guys particularly with your uh, outside of radio stuff mm. that if you go down this path or use it that, that there's the opportunity to make fun of it in and of itself yeah you know from a like let's break the fourth wall stuff yeah you know well, there's this banner up here that tells me that this is what you're going to do so of course <laughs> I know what's going to happen um, and you don't see a lot of it because it's now it, it, it's this is how you get to play with the norms right you mm. go well these are the things that we accept and comedy is either going to fit within that, come from outside of it, or be standing over here looking at it. Mm. And if we're in the middle of it, then we get to make fun of all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is all stuff you know. I don't know why I explained that to you. <laughs> but yeah, to, ha- to have that opportunity to, to make fun of now these things that are grossly and wildly accepted around the way video is presented to us in Facebook. And that's, that, that in itself would be fun, but also that we are now so much creatures of habit that it takes a change in something like the way Facebook present video to us mm. for us to adapt and, and to look at um, broadcast video, 16 by 9-ish. Yeah, yeah. Stuff that we got in our big widescreen televisions at home. Look, kind of works, but doesn't really, not in a Facebook context. Well, like, it's interesting, 16 by 9, like, often people will be like, no, I want my videos to be 16 by 9, has to look, I want to be too white, like, I want it to be widescreen, it looks good, it looks cinematic, whatever. But 16 by 9, the only reason that ratio exists is because it was a compromise between sort of, like, the, the two ratios that were at the time, like, Cinematic yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Academy and then, um, like, Widescreen Academy and then, like, 4 by 3, you know, SD, or around those. Like, there was literally a compromise where they lost the least screen space when they had them each on there, like square and then yes. super widescreen. That's the reason it exists. There's not anything magical about it. No, no, that's right. But because yeah. the, the, that's what we then get pre-programmed 100%, to do. 100%, yeah, yeah. You put it on Facebook and it stands out like a, sto- a sore thumb unless it's the latest Marvel trailer <laughs> or something else, which is, that's how it is. And even then, have you noticed on trailers now, they have like a trailer at the beginning of the trailer that goes for five seconds. And it's like up next trailer for Thor or whatever, and it's like five seconds of like like flashing images from the trailer you're about to watch. But is that to get to us to in? unmute the video? It could be, yeah. Uh, either way, I think it's to hook you in somehow. Yeah. But it's like no, I've, I mean, I get as I said, I understand why they do it, but it is still to be like no, I'm already here. Well, it's <laughs> like, like the rise in the subtitles, choir. right? Yeah. The fact that videos now autoplay and blah blah blah, the the most and all the stats exist to engage mm. people and get them involved in that video. Have subtitles. Hundred percent. And Facebook have, now tells you, please, like they upload. It's like, hey, we sh- you should probably put subtitles on this. Yeah. Like a button to like auto generate, and then you can go through and edit it. And it's nightmarish. It, ugh, it takes a long time. Yeah, yeah. Longer than it takes to actually generate the stupid SRT file that you need to upload in the first <laughs> instance, which is a nightmare. <laughs> like it's horrible. Yeah. But um, I mean, on one hand, you could say at least Facebook is trying to help. 
sure. with those things. Like they have those features and they are pushing you in that direction and giving you tips, which is good. But it's like, well, if your ecosystem wasn't broke, I don't know if it's easy to blame them or if you just blame. Well, no, that's the, the, the subtitle thing. They've just picked up the industry standard. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So they said, this is what we want you to submit. We'll slot it in because all it is is time code number frames. Yeah, yeah. This is when we want you to start playing this block of text. At this is the time, and here's the frame count. hundred. They could yeah. just be here's the frame count. Let's be fair, but <laughs> anyway, um, go. And if you handle hand them the SRT file. They put it in, it makes it all nice and pretty, it makes it go, and you get to, oh, and no, it's not quite, guess what, you're never going to get it right, yeah, kids, yeah. just play on. Um, but the the automatic generation thing is a freaking nightmare. Yeah, not yeah. only have you got to go, no, I've got to break that to this and make this a thing, you've said that they said the word Disney when what they actually said was uh, whiz by. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. That's have, a pretty generous Yeah, yeah, we have <laughs> to example. proof everything yeah. again. For the second time. It's... There's another reason why I keep your videos short, because then there's less time going through the subtitles. Oh, man. It's so much to be spoken about mime. Why is that not back? <laughs> yeah, true. Black and white silent video. You speed it up too, like when the silent videos often were, well, these days, played yeah, yeah. at different speeds, so there's an excuse to make it shorter again. There's no downside. I, I edited up a video of a camp that I was at just recently, and, mm. and as a conscious thing, because I wanted it to, to look a bit fast and, and to yeah. keep everything functional, anything that had video of people moving... Minimum 150, 200 percent. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just and and it did look a little bit weird, but because they were short grabs of things, and we're not walking, watching someone walk down a hallway, um, it just meant that there was that a little bit of pace to it. Yeah. Um, and I think it worked really well. I mean, I'm no <laughs> Michael Peter Jackson, but or Michael Parente, but uh, you know, I have for me it worked. Well, that is interesting because one thing I do like playing with. So I guess the other main. Uh, type of video I'll make. So 80% of my work, let's say, will be collection down videos yep. in various forms. The other 20% is things for the station. And of that 20%, a good chunk of those is just like your general event wrap-up type videos. Like, yes. oh, we gave away a car this morning or um, Hit Networks so R&B Fridays type of yeah, events. Yeah. Um, and something that is always fun to play with because often they'll be like, um, hey, we had this R&B event, we just want a cool, vibey video from it. Sure. Which is, a, which is a fine request. There's no issue with that, but it's kind of like, how do I make a cool, vibey video that's different to the last 10 that I've made for the other events? Yeah. Um, Short of the soundtrack. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and because working in commercial radio, obviously I hear the songs all over, over and over again, so I try and find different songs. My, my technique is to try and find a remix of a song that they play. Nice. So that way it's fresh because it's not the same song, but it's still in demo because it's yep. a song they play. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I like that because there's a challenge of, okay, I need to make a video that's basically the same brief as I've gotten before, different source footage, but the same yeah. brief, how to make it different. And so things like playing with time, like doing fun things where slow motion into fast motion, mm. back into slow motion, um, trying to like interesting, tra- like I don't want to say interesting transitions because I don't mean like star wipe, but it's like, okay, <laughs> I've got this shot of this one particular action happening. Am I going to match it with this next action yes. in an interesting way? What am I going to do with that? Like the way that you can have, um, oh, I did... One, uh, Havana Brown, that's the name. Yeah, DJ yeah. Havana Brown was playing at an event we had for, it was like a back to school. Not a real DJ. Yes? Actually, no, she was, she was mixing live. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. We don't have enough female yes. producers and Correct, DJs. Correct, we like do it's, not. It's her and Alice in Wonderland. That's all we got. No, we, and we need to give them opportunities. <laughs> um, not a real and she DJ. And she was doing a bit of mixing and like people seemed, um, like she seemed to have like a good thing with the crowd, yeah. which I think uh, also the other hard part of DJing. Anyway. Um, and the way we sort of had like, I was using the the lights that we had as like transitions. And so yes. like, it would like pan across her face and cut to like a slightly different shot. And so just, I, I know the point is I like that excuse to try and do yeah, something interesting. Sure. Yeah. But that's the cool thing is that in your job then, mm. you've then got this 
not even weekly, very regular opportunity yeah, to take these influences and ideas and say, hey, I saw that someone do something like this. I want to try and see if we can fit it into that context. Yeah. Or they've given me just the brief of, hey, Michael, we gave away a car. <laughs> yeah. And again, that's, Make that's, it interesting. that's all they need to give me. Like, it's not on them to do the, the no. hard yards. They're busy with their job. And you could just go, we filmed them giving the keys to them, shaking the hands, the person sits in the car. Awesome. But instead, I'd try and turn the hype meter up to 110%. This is like pounding EDM for 30 seconds straight as like Stavon Abbey walk on screen, like, we gave away the car! And try and just make it the most ridiculous over-the-top Facebook video I've ever seen with mild success. Yeah. Um, or into the one time, actually, for a car giveaway, they were live streaming it on Facebook as well. And so yes. I got that live stream and put it in the corner of the video saying, this is from the live stream, just so people had that sort of, oh, if they watched them, but the wrap-up video is yep. the live stream. They're like, oh, cool, they did a live stream. And just using those elements in an interesting yeah, yeah. way. And I can't go ahead and claim that I'm always successful or ever successful, but I'm uh, appreciative that I have that opportunity to try at least once a week. Nobody's fired you for it yet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, close, but not quite. Close? No, no. Um, okay. No, they've, there's, they've, luckily, they've always been okay it with It means one of two things, Michael. Oh, yeah. Or three things, actually. They're very happy with what you're doing. <laughs> they have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Or they can't find anyone to replace you with. Yeah, fair. I'm probably cheap enough that they might as well just get me on. Yeah. And he does a collective noun thing at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fine. He does the job. Yeah, it kind of fits in. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Yeah, I was wondering if you'd ask me a question like this. I have no idea. Um, so... Don Mori took the easy answer of telling you about the ABC thing. Yeah. So that's um, uh, ABC. You get to has... take a third of the credit and a third of the responsibility yeah, for that. Um, yes, ABC's. Uh, we're making some videos for the Ivy platform in uh, coming out in a couple months. I don't yep. know when. So that'll be fun and exciting, and the first time I'll be able to watch something I've made on Ivy. Mm. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, and like, while the money isn't great, there's money to actually do things with it. Well, so yeah. I guess it's one of the first times we've had actual budget to. This is the money we're pouring directly into a video, which will be interesting. Instead of trying to cook sandwiches on an iron. Yeah, 100%, which sort of, sort of worked a little bit. Not even close. <laughs> um, that was the last stream we you did. You need two irons. Well, if you're... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. But what I, up to in the next 12 months, hopefully just doing my job in a way that is good. Mm. In a way that I... Okay, okay, this is my answer. I've just thought of it. Sure. <laughs> I want to look back at the end of the year... And just absolutely hate everything I was working on now because it's not good. Wow. Which I often do. I have a very, like, I'll release, sometimes I'll release a video and the next day I'll be like, I regret all the creative decisions I made there. Mm. Which I don't mean in like a a depressing way. I just mean in like a, I don't want to say necessarily improve, but creative tastes changing. Your critical eye says to you, I could have done this, 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 and that. And so I, I think if I looked back at stuff I did a year ago and thought, oh, I'd make that exact same thing now, that's probably not a good thing because there's lack of change and lack of improvement there and I feel mm. like I've gone nowhere in 12 months. So if I can look back, back in 12 months on a video that I was proud with, proud of today and say, oh, I changed this, this and this about it and it'll be better, I think that's probably a good place to be. For sure. Yeah. Hey, Michael. Yes. Thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today. Thank you. Um, please know the things that you've said are very special and you're highly valued, man. It's been a great chat. Thank you. Cool. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. I'm probably the least notable person you've ever had on the podcast, but I'm happy to claim that throne. I would disagree highly. You didn't even <laughs> get to understanding what your um, Twitter handle is about. Oh, well, I can give you... All I'll say is hop on YouTube and search Michael Parente Swag King. Yes. And that'll... Is it Give just you... about trying to get stuff for free? No. Okay, I might as well explain it just really quickly. Okay. There, I used to work for Microsoft. Yep. I forgot about this job. Well, it wasn't really a job. I didn't get paid in money. 
Um, okay. I was an amb- I was called a university ambassador, a student ambassador, or something. Yes. And basically, I would just. <gasps> I might have met you then. Keep talking. Oh, maybe. Okay. Um, on campus at various uni- uh, unis, usually yes. UQ, because that was mine. But I went to QUT in Griffith and stuff mm-hmm. in Queensland. Who and was the supervisor of that from a Microsoft perspective? Was it Andy? No, there was a guy called Matt Chapman. Okay, so Matt came in after Andy then, yep. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I was in the second year of it, so it's yeah, possible yeah. he was around the first year. Matt Chapman, who was the bassist of a band called Red Riders. Do you remember Red Riders? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, he's now in the US for Microsoft, I think. Sure. I don't know. I haven't as, as all good Microsoft employees yeah, yeah. end up. And he, he was good. Like, I remember us being there. Um, I was a little kid. I was second or third year of uni. Yeah. Um, still a little kid, but even more. Well, when Microsoft kid. pay attention to you and, to, and say we want to invest in you, yeah, Michael. yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm listening. Basically, for that, we had to make. Uh, so, so it was so it was a program where I was at uni campus and I just sort of evangelized about how Microsoft was good, which is something I did anyway. Yeah. Um, but in this time, they'd give me an Xbox to return for it, sort of thing. Yes. Um, and as part of that, we went down to Sydney for some training at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, so they could be like, here are the things you do and don't say, just the usual stuff. And they encouraged us. It wasn't mandatory, but they encouraged us to make a video about you. Make a video about yourself and we'll play it and everyone will get to know each other. Sure. You know, a bit of fun. And I was like, oh, cool, I know how to make videos. And so I made one the first year that was just sort of like tongue-in-cheek. But I didn't... I thought most people would be tongue-in-cheek, but they're all like, hi, my name is Jeffrey and I am from RMIT and I really like Microsoft products, Mm. which is fine. But I was like, oh, I'm the only one who made a joking video. So the next year, I'm going to turn that up to 100. So I made a video called Michael Brende Swag King, which is some... (laughs) It is on YouTube still. um, Which was me being like, what up? I'm from here from Microsoft, (laughs) sort of thing. (laughs) Just being like, how far can I turn this dial of... I'm not fulfilling a brief, but I've done it anyway. Yeah, like yeah, I've, right. I've done this non-mandatory task. Like exactly. Yeah. Um, and it went well. Yeah. <laughs> they seemed to like it, but I... Except for the guy from RMIT who just went, you're not taking this seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the guy that sort of had a prize for best video was probably just like a chocolate bar or something, I don't know. Yeah. And that didn't go to me, so the serious video did win in the end. But, oh, well, that's fine. Um, but then for a while, that character of the swagging, like, he, like it wasn't in any other videos, mm. but that character was very funny to me yes. <laughs> the idea of someone who like took that sort of culture so have like a ridiculous snapback with like the word king on it in a crown yes. it's like a crown plated onto the snapback and this like ridiculous like um singlet and like really really drop crotch drop crotch pants and i have these shoes that i still have like nike oh. shoes that say just do it like nice. across the top of the shoes so it's like this ridiculous character yeah. which is very funny and so for a while i had like the profile picture on facebook and twitter as a, as a screenshot from that video and I said it to Parente Swagging because all the Michael Parentes I could possibly think of had been taken by this one guy in like Alabama. Jerk. Yeah, 100%. I, I tweeted him once, just being like, just like joking about, hey man, just could you leave some for the rest of us? And he didn't respond, and I was like, all right, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and then so that's where that came from. So he I used right that as my handle. Though. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, he was good. He was smart. I did get Michael Parente at Outlook.com though, when, it, when Outlook.com was new, maybe yeah. four or five years ago. I jumped in and got it, so no one else has that one. Well anyway, um, so I use that as my handle for everything because it's, it's guaranteed that no one else will have it. Sure. So that's, I guess, the genesis of that. Gosh. There we go. Beats Michael Parente 1. Exactly, yeah. Which always looks not cool. Now, if you cut that story down by about 80%, maybe it's compelling. So we'll be good. I, 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 I want to, I'm going to go and hunt this video out. That's very <laughs> cool. If people want to track you down and follow you in an internet fashion, what yes. is the best way for them to do that? So Twitter. I am a human of Twitter. Um, Instagram would be the other main one Parente Swagging again I post a weird mix of collected noun stuff pictures I've taken currently I went to South Africa for work a couple of weeks ago which is a whole other story that we didn't get to but mostly I'm just going through my photos I took there so if you like photos of elephants 
that's currently that's currently what I'm doing. <laughs> There's my hook to try and get you to follow me on Instagram, <laughs> um, and that's about it. That's interesting. So Twitter and Instagram, you'll be right. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Parente Swag King is indeed human. <laughs>